Hi, everyone. Welcome to Let's Rethink This. I'm Abby Berger, and today we're talking with Trinda Davis, who is one of the members at Independent Center. Trinda has been a member um, just about 10 years now, and she primarily spends most of her time on the upper level at the clubhouse, helping with a variety of things throughout the day. Trinda wants to focus the conversation today around the road to recovery with mental illness. So we're going to spend a little bit of time getting to know her, talking to her about her experience with mental illness and how she's been able to move along this path of recovery with the support of Independent Center. So welcome, Trinda. Hi, Abby. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm so glad that we can do this together um, and, and just have this time to chat. I know from the very beginning of launching this podcast, you had said that you want to be featured and we're finally getting around to it. So I'm, I'm glad to have you today. I'm glad to be here. So do you want to just kick it off with, um, sharing just a little bit about your background, maybe like where you're from, where you grew up when you were diagnosed with mental illness, things like that. I grew up in Doris Webby housing projects. Um, it was, um, it's on 14th and Lafayette near downtown area. I knew I was different than other people. I really did. Um, didn't really know a lot of things about mental illness because no one talked about it in my community. No one really, you know, they'll say, oh, that person crazy. Oh, what's crazy, you know? And I'm like, uh, I never, you know, could identify with it until I got older. And realized that, you know, suffering with, I think my first mental illness thing was I suffered with PTSD. That was, um, that was like the traumas that was going on in my life as, as a kid and trauma that went on in my neighborhood where I was growing up. It was, it was, it was tough, but, you know, when you, you're growing up, you don't know, your parents don't show you that part of um, the hardships they had to go through. And I went through a lot of, um, a lot of hardships that I had to go through. Um, I think I was about seven, about, I think I was six. No, I was about seven or eight. I was eight because I was older than the other girls. Um, it was a drive-by shooting in our neighborhood. And um, one of my friends, we were, we were playing jump rope. That was one of our things in the summertime. We played jump rope. And this car literally jumped the curve and came up and he started shooting. He was just shooting. And most people ran. Me and my friends, we dropped the ropes and we knew to get down on the ground because, you know, this is the type of lifestyle that we had growing up, you know, around um, the neighborhood. So, as I crawled over to my one of my friends, and you know, our parents, they're they're there, they're they're not like not right there where we are. Um, you know, because they trusted us to go down, go outside and play among each other. We don't know who they were shooting at, and 
one of my girlfriend, one of my friends as a childhood friend, she got killed in the process. That's when my mental illness, I can say my mental illness started. Her dying in my arms, um, I was, like I said, young. I'm trying to, you know, help her. And I'm screaming and shouting, you know, please somebody help us. And putting pressure on her wound where she had got shot, she got shot in the neck. And at that time, I was like, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to live this lifestyle. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to do this. So, you know, just always wanted to make my community better. Um, I got into being a, a peer counselor, you know, uh, in the community centers where I was growing up at. And a lot of started working with a lot of young people at that time. And then that's when I decided I knew I wanted to be a school teacher. Well, went to school to be a school teacher, but did not succeed at that at all because I'm not a school teacher today. And my mom, she she didn't know anything about mental illness. They didn't. They were, you know, they were mothers growing. You know, she just didn't know. She didn't know to take me to counseling and try to give me some help. Um, as I got older, I got more fearsome where I stay. I got more familiar with the area I stayed in. So I stayed there for years. And then once I graduated from high school, it was either move out of my mom's house, get a better life for myself. And I just went to college and did what I needed to do in order to have a better life. But I still wasn't dealing with my mental illness, still wasn't. Still, you know, having flashbacks of always being a protector of children, no matter what, working in daycare centers, working in schools, um, did what I had to do with my community, even going back to just help out no matter what. Um, I think a lot of people always misdiagnose themselves and uh, or diagnose themselves in it'd still be wrong or they don't know how to diagnose themselves at all. So my mental illness kept going, kept going. By the time I was 21 years old, I'm on all these medications and I'm not taking none of it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I turned to, what did I turn to? Drugs and alcohol. Thought that was going to solve everything. By the time I was 26, I was in a drug rehab center. Um, it was called basic. And um, as I climbed, went through the treatment center for a whole year um, to get clean. And I I end up start, I end up going back to school. I end up graduating, getting a, getting a degree in uh, special education at that time. And um it was it was it was it was different. It was difficult because I didn't only have a mental illness; I also had um, a learning disability. So now, learning disabilities are becoming more popular with mental illness because if you're suffering with with a learning disability, you're actually suffering with like a mental illness because it's something blocking your brain from um, getting the 
the network that it needs because of the blockage through the mental illness. And I'm, I educate myself on why is my learning like this? Why, why am I not doing this or why am I doing that? Well, suffering with depression and coming from a depressed state in your life and never taking care of it, times after times, we do often just brush it off, especially in my Black, in our Afro-American community, we rebrush mental illness off because, hey, we don't supposed to have that. Oh, that's not us. Well, yeah, it is. I seen my mom cry. I seen my aunts cry. You know, I seen a lot of things as a young person growing up in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, the oldest of the grandchildren of my mother, um, the oldest of my siblings, um, and mostly all my friends that I hung out with, they were the oldest of their siblings too. I never noticed that we all had something in common more than just living where we were living at. We were living in, people say it was poverty. We didn't think it was poverty because we were so conditioned into believing that we were okay as long as we had what we needed in life. But no, a lot of people did not push their children to, to do better, which my mom, she, she pushed for me to do better. So I was always a fighter. I was always one of those kind of persons. I'm going to get up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I had all these plans in my head to only fall back into the system again of um, because I'm not taking care of my mental illness, not taking care of who I needed to be in life. So again, I went back to school. I went back to Forest Park community college um and at the time i was a heavy set black girl in 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 this world you know here i am got a degree already <laughs> here i am you know trying to still climb that ladder i was i was literally like 410 pounds before i had my gastric bypass surgery and stuff now i'm like 180 but <laughs> go back to that saying so I had low self-esteem about myself uh, because, hey, being fat was not where it was at. It was not. So I had people that bullied me, people that picked on me. And, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? Well, I went to church. I went to school. I, I did everything by the book that my mom laid out before me. In the whole process, I lost myself in that because I still wasn't taking care of my mental illness. By the time I was 30, I had checked myself into hospitals. I had tried to commit suicide several times. Um, wasn't strong at all, didn't have that backbone, but something inside of me, as I lost the weight, my confidence went up, my you know, my attitude changed tremendously. I was having highs and lows and depression. And one minute I'm okay. Next minute I'm on a shopping spree and doing all these crazy things. And it didn't dawn on me. That's your mental illness. <laughs> because I don't, I didn't know what I know back today, what I know now. And um, it took my last 
teacher I had, a serious class at Forest Park, and it was actually psychology. This is one of my teachers, and he said to me, I wish I would have caught you before you was finna complete your culinary degree. I would have changed your whole perspective on um, being, you, you would want to be a, um, a psychiatrist or something. Well, I did want to be, uh, I wanted to work close with psychiatrists for the reason that music healed me a lot. I used to listen to music, play music, you know, just being there and listening to a lot of music um, can put myself into situations and, and circumstances that the artist was singing about or rapping about or something like that. And th I learned that that's what will heal me. If I'm happy, I'm going to play this song. If I'm if I'm sad, I'm going to play this song. It's going to make me even sadder. So, you know, I say, you know, I want this music therapy, uh, um, something that I can take up. Well, when I seen all the classes and I said, I'm not going to do all this. And so I didn't want to be a psychiatrist anymore. I didn't want to be a therapist anymore to, you know, but he said to me, you are different student that I have ever had. You write your papers to the point where you look at the screen and you can tell by just noticing. I said, because I'm that person. I know what they're going through. I know how hard it is. Even when you, even in our communities, if we look around our communities and they say, well, we're, we're living in, in a, a depression time. Well, when you're living around a lot of shootings and killings and robberies and all that, you take a in condition of your life, who, who you are or where you want to be at in your life. And sometimes it gets harder than easier. It gets harder. And like I said, I didn't start dealing with my, with my mental illness and got serious about it until 10 years ago. When I first came back here to the Independence Center, I was introduced to the Independence Center a long time ago when I was 18. With, you know, I was introduced. I remember my mom bringing me here and we did a tour, not at this building. We got. I told her, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not going there. And she was like, well, you're a psychiatrist. Here. I said, mom, I'm not going there, you know. So she was like, well, you're going to have to do something. And um, what I decided to do was to actually go back to school, went back to school to be a chef. And I have my culinary degree now. I have, actually, I have one bachelor's, I have two bachelor's. And one is in, um, one is in chemistry, I'm gonna say chemistry. Um, biology it's chemistry biology because I like the science and then the other degree became the degree of working with kids with mental with mental illness you know with um learning disabilities because they excite me they really excite me when I work with them because it's like you know it's trying to, you try to figure out where did the mental illness come in and how did this happen? How did this happen? And when it all boils down, it's basically sometimes the communities you live in. The older I got, the more I wanted 
my life to change. And I, like I said, I, I didn't realize my life was, my life wasn't going to change until I was ready to accept that I had the mental illness where I'm at today. In the last 10 years, I have came so far. And I, I'm proud of myself of, of that because I accept it. Um, since I've been here at the Independence Center, I have got a pre-specialist license in the state of Missouri. I have, I'm ready to go back to school. I build myself up every day. Every Monday, I'm cooking in the kitchen. I'm around people that accepting that they have a mental illness. That's why they're here. They accepting that here at the Independence Center, they're accepting that, hey, my life can change and my life does get better. Without this place, without the Independence Center, I don't think I will be as far as I am. Trenda, thank you so much for sharing your story and kind of walking us through your life. It's, it's hard hearing kind of all the loss that you've faced and, and all the adversity that you've faced throughout your life. And I'm so proud of you for all that you've accomplished. I feel like anybody can do this if they, they you got to want it and you got to accept it. And I think it was me to accept it and me to say, I want it. Um, don't think I don't go through, I go through trials and I go through my tribulations and you know, I, I just pray about my situation and I know it's going to get better all the time, which it has, it has got so much better, not just because of the independent center, because of me wanting it to get better, me wanting to take medicine. Cause at times I told you when I was 21, I wasn't taking no medicine. Can't nobody, I ain't taking them pills. No, they make me sleep too much. I had every excuse in the book not to take my meds. Now I take my meds. I feel better. I'm on a, a life of recovery with this whole mental illness thing. And I talked to my mom and my mom, she even noticed sometimes when I'm just rambling on and rambling on, she said, have you took your medicine today? I'm like, you know, I don't like when you ask me that. She was like, yeah, I know, but you seem like you're, 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 you're going, you're, you're getting real hyper. I said, no, I, I took it. Um, and I said, sometimes it goes like that, mom. It's not always, you know, uh, a sad, a, you know, a silent thing. Mental illness is a loud thing sometimes. And now it's like, I'm, I'm ready to just, you know, I, I want to share my story. I want to tell people about things. We have a lot of famous women that came out and said they have these mental illness. Well, it, it didn't just get started. It was there all along. You know, us just getting out as black, black females and black men. It's, it's, it's a, it, it has to come out somehow. We have to know, let our community and let people know that you did live through this, but we have to be about the business of getting to where we need to be with it. We got Simone Bias came out. Yes, that's a stressful life for a young person like her. Will I be able to walk in her shoes? I'm sure I wouldn't. And I'm sure she wouldn't have been able to walk in mine either. But She's walking in them because she came out and said, hey, it was it's a mental illness thing. And it is when you're pressured to do so well, you know. In the black community all the time, I was 
supposed to do so well. I'm supposed to have been the one that did everything, you know? And here I am dealing with a mental illness and saying, I'm cool, I'm good. It was hard. I, I mean, my last two degrees I received, my two associates that I received from Forest Park, one for bakery and pastry, one for culinary arts. Um, and I have a science art degree now. But my thing is, it was a struggle. It was hard because I was dealing with a mental illness. And, and, and remind you that I didn't accept this until 10 years ago. I graduated in 2012 from Forest Park. Okay. So it's some years missing there that I did not accept it. And now I'm accepting it. My mom, she supports me, my family, my sisters and brothers, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I want to ask you more about your family. And, and you mentioned kind of the black community and the stigma around mental illness in the black community. So when you decided and said, I want to take care of my mental illness and I want to get on a path to recovery. How was that received by your family, by your community? Was it accepted and encouraged? Actually, it wasn't because honestly, being as smart as I am, uh, my aunts, they truly believe that it's nothing wrong with me. I laugh at it, you know, because my mom says, you know, I had got sick one time. My aunts told me to stop. One of my aunts told me to stop taking my medicine. It's making you sick. So I stopped taking it. And my mother was like, don't you ever tell my daughter to stop taking her medicine again, because I'm telling you, when she takes her medicine, she's better. And it was, I was better when I took my medicine. Yeah. Well, and I think you make a good point that like, you can't just look at somebody and, and know whether or not they're struggling with a mental illness just because of their accomplishments or what they've done in school or what their family is like. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a good point to make. I, I do want to talk a little bit about coming to the clubhouse and kind of what your experience was when you first started coming. I know you said you went on a tour really early. You didn't want to come. And then you made the decision to come back at some point. So what was, what was that like for you? Um, okay. When I first came to the clubhouse, I think they were on pine and something. Um, and my mom brought me and, you know, they was telling her, yeah, this is probably good for her instead of her trying to go to school and, 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 you know, struggle through that. So, you know, my mom, she did what she had to do. She took me around and she took me to the, place called the independence and I was like I don't want, I'm not going there it's like a group home it's like a nursing home what do you see them people sitting around and no I'm not finna go there you know and then when they moved to this building I didn't even know they had moved and they moved to this building and by this time I had the psychiatrist but I still wasn't taking no medications I was just had the psychiatrist and I end up um losing my jobs 
I lost my jobs right after I graduated from college. I had, uh, no, no I'm, I lost my job like five, five years ago. No, maybe six years ago, I lost my job. I had nothing to do. I was bored out my mind at home, getting fatter and getting just, getting, just eating and sleeping. And I didn't have a life. I like, I don't have a life no more, you know? And I'm like, I'm not going back to school. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this. And at the time I was like, okay, I'm at home. I don't got no job no more. I'm you know, literally collecting unemployment. But my last person, the last person that employed me and I told her, I had took my paperwork in and I told them, you know, hey, I just lost the baby. I'm doing this. I'm struggling here. Come on now. You you going to fire me and I'm doing this. And I'm, I got all, I mean, I done turned in all my paperwork to them and everything. They still decided to let me go. And Abby, I tell you, it probably was the for the best. I was working at a country club in the evening. I was doing, you know, working at a daycare in the morning and, you know, just struggling. So when I came here, I didn't have a job. I didn't. I was. I, I wanted to work, but I just, I didn't have the mindset to work at the time. And um, like I said, when I came back, I joined the store. I said, no, this is not going to help me because I like to spend money. So, you know, I'm like, I'm spending money. Now I'm going into another part of my mental illness because I'm buying some every day from the store. I said, I got to get out from down here. Uh, So I said, what else is it for me to do? Uh, Jocelyn actually took me upstairs to introduce me to uh, another staff member that was here. And the staff member found out that I had a culinary degree. And she said, I got to, you know how to cook. I said, I looked at her, I said, no, I don't. And she's like, yes, you do. You have a degree. I was like, who told you that, you know? So uh, at the time, I like I said, at the time I joined the upper level. I ended up joining the upper level like a year after I had been here for a year. Because I, I it wasn't working out at the store because I was, you know, going into some, you know, having, you know, how can I say it, having, uh, just wanting to spend money all the time, something with the bipolar disorder, you just spending, buying things and doing all this, and I said, okay, enough is enough, so I comes upstairs, I come upstairs to the upper level, Uh, after I had been on the upper level for like three months, I end up just cooking one day, just cook spaghetti, just one day, and it was like, this is the best spaghetti I ever tasted. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. You know, it's just spaghetti. And later on, other, other people found out that I was a licensed chef. And yeah. Um, and it went from there, you know. So my passion and everything that when I joined upper level was here. It was up here on the upper level. You know, just helping people, period. It was just here on the upper level that I can do that. And I felt so freely about doing it all the time. And it was so exciting. So Trinda, thank you so much for sharing about your experience with 
you know, coming to the clubhouse and how you've been able to move along your recovery journey. It sounds like the upper yeah. level has been a really good fit for you. So I want to yeah, ask you. A good fit. I mean, I done had like I've had several um, TEs here at the clubhouse. One was working at Bourne's and actually working in the downstairs in the kitchen at Bourne's, but not cooking. But I was doing dishes and making plates of food for people and stuff like that. And just knowing that, hey, you can still get back in here and do this if you want. But I, I right now, I'm just content of doing what I do right here in the clubhouse and just serving the members right now. Totally. Well, I think all that work is really important. So I want to ask you one last question. And that is, if you could debunk one myth about mental illness, what would it be? I'm going to say it's just like a... It's just like a, a, it's a diagnosis. I mean, it's a diagnosis that people, you know, they put in, hey, it's a diagnosis and everything that has a diagnosis has, a, a, you can be healed from it. You can, you can grow above it and you can be healed from it. Honestly, you can. I mean, I'm a living proof of that. You are. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was really nice talking to you and and being able to hear more about your story. I think people listening will be able to relate and, you know, also know that they're not alone in their mental health recovery journey. So if anybody listening is looking for resources, um, you can go to our website, www.independentcenter.org, click on the resources tab for a list of local and national resources. If you want to learn more about our clubhouse or just the clubhouse in general, click on the clubhouse link that I'm going to put in the show notes, and we will talk with you all next week. Trenda, thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you, Abby, for having me.